Hello, it's Teresa. You're listening to I'm Not That Old Lady. I'm just an aging baby boomer living on a farm in Minnesota. And thank you for listening. When I thought about starting this podcast, I had a specific idea in mind. I wanted to share some laughs, stories, and experiences. I hope to connect with others going through the same experiences that I am. Maybe we could share some ideas, you know, maybe help each other through the tough times. But then I knew I was in over my head. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the knowledge. And I couldn't set us all out on a path without direction. And then the perfect solution popped up on Facebook. A kind soul who exudes peace, a genuine smile that calms troubles and brings hope. Meet Oz, our expert. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I can. (laughs) Oh, you are. Yay, I think I did it. All right. Hi. Hello, Teresa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You got you warm up over here in California, so. Oh, it's yeah. hot up here in Minnesota. It's gross. Ugh. Yeah. Do you have um any fire dangers over there or? Uh no, not yet. I think I saw on the news there was a couple fires, but it just it literally warmed up like starting yesterday. Oh okay. So here in California, we there's always fire danger. Um. But it hasn't got to that point yet. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah. Safe. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we live by uh, I don't know, half hour from the hills. So whenever there's fires, it's always that risk. Oh boy, oh boy. Well, I have family out there and a couple of friends, so I oh, guess. Oh yeah, where, where in California? Um. Well, you know what? I'm not really sure where Anita is. She's up north in Northern California. Uh, okay. Sacramento, maybe. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Southern California, towards LA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. my aunt, and my aunt and my cousin live in LA somewhere. Oh, I gotcha. Don't, not sure where. Glendale okay. is where they used to live. So. Oh yeah. Know. Okay. Yeah. So Got good. It. Well, I'm so so thankful that you agreed to help me out with this little project of mine. <laughs> oh. Oh, definitely. No, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. Good, good. So um, maybe just uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Okay. And um, and let's see, and we'll go from there. All right, sounds good. Well, uh, my name is Oswald Vargas. Uh, people call me Oz. And uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been doing this for about 10 years now. Really? Wow. Yeah, about 10 years. And, uh, you know, I've been loving every minute of it. Uh, it didn't start, this is, I'll say, my second or third career. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I went different paths and uh, finally found my, my calling, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, I decided to pursue it. Good. Well, we, yeah. need, we need a lot of more mental health professionals mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, um, we actually seen a big push for it. And um, I, besides my private practice, I also teach at a university. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I'm seeing 
you know, there's a big movement. The classes have double in size. So, really? you know, there's a big push of new students, new therapists coming through. And because there's also a big group of therapists retiring. Oh. So, yeah, we're, we're going through that wave over the next five, ten years. Oh. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to retire, so we need people to replace those spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, doing that, I um, I started, uh, like I said, American Family Therapy, uh, which is a, a little bit different than psychology, per se, um, that we, um, the approach, how we go about oh. doing it. Yeah, the, uh, the approach that we, how we go about treating people. Is a, is a little bit different. Well, how is it different? Uh, well, uh, family uh, family therapy, so we, we are about relationships. So we understand that, you know, any situation that people are going through, we always take into account relationships, the environment. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, not, it's not just the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we treat, obviously, we also treat people with depression, anxiety, you know, or, or other mental illnesses. Um, but we're our also main focus is relationships. So I do a lot of couples counseling, a lot of family therapy. Um, I do a lot of parent-child relationship problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, so you have people who are struggling with, you know, their own depression and anxiety, so we, we, we treat that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also people who have relationship problems. So we also address those. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Well, don't you so, think that most people? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think everybody mm-hmm. should should have some sort of counseling on it, like a yearly basis. It should be like your mm-hmm. physical part of your physical. Does somebody peek right. into the cranium and say, "Okay, so how are we doing now?" Because things change right. so dramatically and. With right. this whole thing with COVID, sure. I mean, everybody is freaking out, and you know, I'm, mm. I am too. It's just this is so bizarre. It, and we definitely I think everybody is. should do it. You know what? Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's still a big taboo when it comes to mental health. Mm. There's a, you know, we're we're kind of shifting, you know, gears now where people are more open to address mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there's still a large part of the population who's taboo, whether it's cultural or generational. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people just don't want to deal with it. They don't want to talk about it. And and when I say don't want to deal with it, they actually end up dealing with it, but in a negative way. You know, people, depression, anxiety is not a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, been, right. it's been going on it's, it's, for as far as we know. People have struggled with it. It's just that before we didn't have a name for it. Uh, and then people naturally, people are going to cope with it. They're going to try to deal with it in the best way they know how, um, you know, and that's how people developed addictions, you know, whether they use drinking to cope or drugs or cigarettes or other, you know, vices. Mm-hmm. That's, that's their own way of dealing, I guess, or not dealing with it. Um, you know, and so if one example that I always use is, for example, um, generationally in the past it was very normal that you saw a parent coming home from work and just having a beer to unwind mm-hmm. right and and mm-hmm. that was the norm nobody thought nothing of it right right um, i just i'm straight i had a long day i'm tired so i'm gonna have a drink to unwind um right. okay but then one drink becomes two drinks 
two drinks becomes I need her something stronger, mm-hmm. right? That was their way of coping or numbing the pain. So, so throughout the you know years, people have dealt with it in their, in their own way. So now, obviously, if you don't develop healthy coping mechanisms, then you're going to develop all the type of problems, right? Well, that um, makes sense. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a chain, it's a chain reaction. Um, so yeah, so. To answer your question, yeah, when should people go? Definitely, I think it's just like we get a physical every year, right? Just to see if in case we don't miss anything. And one of the things people don't understand is like everybody suffers anxiety. Everybody suffers from depression. So we we call it, uh, everybody's in the spectrum. You know, you can either be on the the end of, you know, normal, and I, I, I'm anxious for a little bit. Something happened, and I'm anxious, but then I'm, I'm back to you know, you know, my, norm, my normal self. And then you have on the other extreme, where you know um, it paralyzes you, mm-hmm. where it really affects your life. So mm-hmm. we all we all land somewhere in between. That makes okay. sense. That so, makes perfect sense to me. Right. So so it's not just some people have it. No, I tell people everybody suffers from this. So now, uh, in, in a, when it's low, then yeah, something triggers you, you go through a difficult time, yeah, you're going to be depressed for a little bit. Somebody dies, you're going through a major change in your life, it's a normal reaction. You're going to be depressed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then you bounce back. Right. You get through it and you go back. Other people, depending on the trauma, they get stuck. Mm. You know, and they're not able to move from that spot. So then it starts affecting their life. Mm-hmm. So when... so. Um, you know, again, and you answering your question, like, especially now with COVID, what is happening right now, we're seeing, you know, people didn't have the outlets that they had before. And that's what, and now they're being forced to deal with whatever they're going through at home. Right. In the past, they got to drive somewhere. They got to go to the bar. They got right. to, go, you know, they use those outlets. And once those outlets got taken away, and they, they, they were left at home to deal with these emotions. Oh, right. And, yeah. and a lot of people didn't have the tools to deal with it. So, so that's 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 one thing that I've seen a lot, um, you know, throughout this this pandemic, working with right. people. And obviously, a lot of my clients that were dealing with it before they had the tools. And actually, a lot of them haven't been faced by the pandemic. They're like, okay, it's a rough time, but we're gonna get through it. Uh-huh. You know, because they already had the tools. Sure. They're, they already had to, to deal with it. So should this be part of our natural routine? Of course. You know, um, but then you deal with people who think, I only go to the doctor when I'm sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> how many people you truly know that are, you know, are very uh, disciplined about every year, you know, doing their physical? I know I, I don't. No, I <laughs> do. Know, I, try, <laughs> I, I try to. You know, I, I'm getting better as I get older. At it, right? But when I was younger, no. Right? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm young, I can push through it. But now, obviously, as I'm getting older, yes, um, I do have a, you know, blood work and physical. So you deal with people with that mentality, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then I always get uh, the answer like, you know, I don't need to talk to you. I'm not crazy. Oh. You know, I, I get that, and, and I go like, well, first of all, that's not the right term, and right. second of all, I'm glad you're not. You know, because that's a different type of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we just need somebody to talk to, somebody to listen to us. 
and mm-hmm. uh, in a way that we feel heard. Um, family is great, you know, friends are great, but that's, they have a different role. Family and right. friends, they're, they're there for support. Mm-hmm. A therapist like myself, we have a different role in the process. You know, we're there to help you get, we, we're there to help you get unstuck. If you're going through something, we're, you know, we're going to give you the tools. We're going to try to help you clear the path so you can find your way. So do people are, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that most people who seek counseling mm-hmm. will be open to looking into different pathways to deal with whatever stressors are affecting them. But right. it's the people that are are a part of that first patient's life mm-hmm. that will be very resistant that you know, I'm never going to talk to somebody like that. There's nothing wrong with me and blah, and all that stuff. And I'm trying to figure out how do you balance the the stuck person who wants to get unstuck and their partner or family member or whatever mm-hmm. who is resistant, completely resistant to any sort of help. So, okay, uh, that's, a, that's a very good question. So I always tell my students this. You always have to meet the person where they're at. What does that mean? In mm-hmm. a process, of, in a process of changing, whether it's behavior or thoughts or whatever, um, you know, every, not everybody's in the same place in the process of change. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are ready. Some people said, okay, there's something off. You know, I need help. Teach me how, right? Mm-hmm. And, and some people are not there yet. So you have to meet them where they're at. I always say it's not a problem unless you think it's a problem. You know, what the alcohol. What do you mean by that? That's okay, what? It's not a problem unless you think it's a problem. So what, is, what does that mean? If you tell the alcoholic, hey, you know, you have a drinking problem, chances are they're going to say, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's my life. But even if they say, yeah, I have a drinking problem, so what? I don't have to change. Mm-hmm. So they're not aware yet. The very first step to change, you have to become aware. You have to accept the fact that something needs to change. Everybody around you can see it as a problem, right? right? Everybody can tell you, hey, that's a problem. You need to work on that, whether it's, you know, I'm using drinking as an example sure. or, or behavior or whatnot. But unless that person gets to that place where it says, you know what, it is a problem, change is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that I believe. Yeah, I totally buy that. So, so I have to meet the person where they're at. If they come to me saying, I have a problem, help me how to change it, then that's where I start. But I also, I deal with, I work with a county, you know, with a court system. I mm. get a lot of those clients that are sent to therapy. Uh-huh. They're mandated to, you know, to take classes with me or take therapy sessions with me. Uh-huh. A lot of them, a lot of them, they're not ready. Sure. So I spend, uh, you know, I spend, for the first few sessions, getting into that place, mm-hmm. getting him to understand, you know what, you know, get, um, developing insight oh. for them to go, oh, okay, you know what, you're right. Right. Okay, yeah. I, I, I didn't think of it that way. I didn't mm-hmm. see it. And then we start the work. Well, that makes sense because maybe they don't have the the vision or the vocabulary to to mm-hmm. articulate it, or they're just so practiced yeah. in they're, culturally they're, or whatever that they're, yeah. they're just stuck. I mean, that's normal. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I know people who are very happy being miserable. <laughs> right, exactly. And who are we to tell them they're wrong? You know, well, I, always, yeah. I always ask people also tell me, is that right or wrong? And my answer is always going to be, it's not, it's not for me to decide. Mm-hmm. You know, I decide what's right or wrong for my life. As a therapist, mm-hmm. I mean, no place to tell somebody what's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You see, because, because also bringing to the cultural aspect, I have to be aware of that. Different uh-huh. cultures have different approaches. Sure. Right? So we cannot impose our cultural belief into somebody else. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I always, you know, explore that with people, saying, how do you feel? Why do you think it's a problem for you? Where is that coming from? Right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then they, once they come to the place, once they realize, okay, yeah, this is why I think it's a problem. So um, there is um, there's many, reason, many reasons why people don't change. Okay? And, and people always ask me, can everybody change? My answer is yes. Um, and the day I think otherwise, then I quit my job because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I truly believe everybody can change. Now, does everybody change? No. Okay, and and if, and there are many reasons why people don't change, but I, um, I have four main reasons that I always try to narrow it down to. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the first one, um, people are not aware; they truly don't realize that they have to change. Okay, so this, so these are the people that I developed insight. These are the mm-hmm. people that I helped understand. Like you know what, this behavior is affecting your life in this way, right? Um, right. and, th- and then they go, oh, you're right. You know what? Yes, I, I need to change. So that's awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then another reason why people don't change is because they do it for the wrong reasons. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, when they come to me, it's because somebody has given them an ultimatum. <laughs> you know, the wife is going to leave them. The husband is going to leave them. They're going to lose their job or the children are going to leave them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so when we ask them, why are you here? Why do you want to change this behavior? And, and they are like, oh, because I don't want to lose so-and-so. And that's, that's the wrong answer. Okay? You can never do it for anybody else. I don't know if you ever heard this from somebody say, after everything I've done for you. Uh, right? So, yeah. Because when you do something for somebody, even though you don't, you're not aware of it, they owe you. And that they will come where you will send them a bill. So, so, so you have to do it for yourself. Right. Now, when you change for you, you, only you owe it to yourself. Now, who, right. now, your children will benefit, your family will benefit, that's great. But ultimately, you have to do it for you and, and only you. Right. Well, and, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so, so then, because again, uh, and then why people don't do it for them, then that's a whole other topic because, you know, they don't think they're worth it or their self-esteem. So I, so I work on that, that Ooh. part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another reason why people don't change, um, you know, is their ego. They refuse to get help. You know, you, you're not supposed to know how to change. That's somebody with the experience, the education, the expertise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're supposed to teach you how. Right, but people have their ego, their pride that they, they they refuse to ask somebody else for help. Sometimes, what's even worse, they ask the wrong person for help. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> right now, our, our natural reaction is somebody we trust, so we tend to ask for family or friends. Sometimes we ask them for advice of how to change, and that's not always the best approach. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Why is that? Because people close to you, they're emotionally invested. So they don't want to hurt your feelings. Or they want you to move in a, in a certain direction that it benefits them. Well, obviously, because they're, maybe they're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So why would they want you to change? Yeah. Right? It wouldn't make sense, right? So. Right. So for me, a lot of my clients don't like me, and I'm okay with that. See, I can handle, I can handle them not liking me. But when it comes to a family member, it's different because there's the emotional investment, right? Mm-hmm. You want your parents to like you. You want your friends to like you. Deep inside, we all do. Right. In some level, we all we all want to be liked. So that's that's why family and friends they they have a role in the change process. But it, but it's for of support, right? The therapist is the one that's going to crack the whip, right? Is going to say this is what I need you to do. This is how you're going to do it. It's going to the, the therapist is going to hold you accountable, right? Right. It's going to say okay, this is this is how we're going to do it, and it's going to you know, and there's going to moments when you're going to get angry and you're going to get upset because what I'm pushing you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. job yeah. is to get you out of your comfort zone, and I know you're going to be you're going to be very uncomfortable. And you're going to get angry and you're going to be, but I can handle that. Right. I'm right. not going to be like, you know what, whatever. You don't want me to help you, go away. I will never say that. Right. I'll understand that right now you're upset because you're out of your comfort zone and we'll work through it. Okay. So that's another reason that people don't change. And oh, then one, another reason that I notice is patience or lack of patience. Unfortunately, we live in a society, in a culture of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want things to change yesterday. You know, and, and that's not realistic. Right. You know, uh, right. especially when you have TV shows that you know sell the quick fix. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, in 30 minutes, I can change your life, and you come back. Uh, you know, and literally, people have that expectation of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's not how it works. No. You know, there's hours and hours and hours behind the scenes, but people don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, you know, so what do I always say? Who's my biggest competitor, right? Uh, drugs and alcohol. Why is that? Here you are feeling, you know, you're not feeling good, right, about yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you come to me saying, look, I don't like how I feel. I need to work through this, right? And um, it's going to take some time. I don't know how long. I always tell my students, if somebody asks you how long is this going to take, you never say how long because I have no idea. Mm-hmm. If somebody tells you, oh, it's going to take two weeks, three weeks, they're lying. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I right. don't know how long it's going to take, right? So then that's, that's my offer to you. My offer is I don't know how long it's going to take. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be painful, but I promise you it will get better. That's my offer, right? And I'll do it with you. That's my offer. Right. Here yeah. comes the other offer. Just drink something. You'll feel better right now. Oh, yeah, but it's just a masking thing. You know, what about we pharmaceuticals, too? We I mean, those... Of course. We know that. But have you ever seen a sad commercial for beer? No. <laughs> no. Exactly. I haven't. Because they work. You're so, you're, people are at home feeling sad, feeling down. And then they see the commercial, these people having a wonderful time by the beach, drinking a beer, and they're like, oh, I want to feel that way. Right. And they truly buy into the illusion that if I drink that beer, I'm going to feel just like those people. Mm-hmm. And for that moment, I want to feel that way. But as you know, 
-hmm. it's short lived. And right. the next day, I'm going to need another drink. Right. And, and more and more and more. Right. And people are willing to get stuck on that. Oh. It's easy. Oh. It's easier to just, you know, put, put something in your system. Now, I have nothing against about pharmaceuticals. Okay. Uh, when there's a chemical imbalance, medicine is needed. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that, that, and that's a fact. And, sure. there's, and, and that's real. When there's a chemical imbalance in the brain, it can cause depression, anxiety. So that's why that's that's when it's called medicine, right? The problem with we see now is that a lot of people who instead of you know developing those natural skills of how to handle it, anxiety, depression in a natural way, are going for that because that's the quick fix, that's right. the easy fix. Mm -hmm. So they never really developed, you know, how to cope with life. Mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a natural way. So those are some of the reasons why people don't change. So my job when somebody comes to me is to find out where they are, right. what you know, why are they stuck, mm -hmm. and, and 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 that's where I start and I work from there. Okay, so we have that's that all makes perfect sense to me, and I I'm one of these people that will actually go up, show up at a counselor's office with like pie charts and timelines and <laughs> color-coded things and bar charts and the whole bit. All right, right, this is when this happened and all this stuff. Because right. I want to give them as much information as I can sure. visually. And I, I truly think that it's extraordinarily helpful. Um, but And my mother was in psychiatric care mm -hmm. with this psychiatrist for 20-some-odd mm -hmm. more, I don't know how long it was. It was a long time. Mm -hmm. And she didn't take any medication whatsoever, which, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not a doctor. I don't mm -hmm. know about that stuff. Right. And um, I don't think it did any good. You know, no, I really you don't. You mentioned psychiatrists. Psychiatrists don't do counseling, though. Psychiatrists is just about medication. They're doctors, uh, and they prescribe medication if there's a chemical imbalance. Uh, psychiatrists, per se, um, I'm guessing because of the timeline, um, you know, back then there were not many therapists per se available, so yeah. she went to a psychiatrist. Um, because a psychiatrist by norm, um, they don't they don't do much counseling the way I I would do it. Right. Well, yeah, see, I, now that's what I thought, but huh. she went to this guy sometimes okay. two or three times a week. Okay. And mm -hmm. and she insisted it was all talk therapy, and I thought, okay. all right, oh, you know, maybe okay. I don't. Yeah. And I was young, so. I mean, this mm -hmm. was back in the seventies, right? You know. Okay, that's what that's what I'm thinking. It was different, guys. Yeah, this maybe, um, for all I know, maybe they did do drug therapy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but from what my experience has been, I work side by side with psychiatrists, mm -hmm. where I do the therapy part, the counseling, the talking therapy, and they do the medicine. Right. So we work, you know. Um, but back then, maybe they did both. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it did a whole lot of good, but well, maybe it did. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously mm -hmm. I'm doing this podcast because mm -hmm. um, of aging and getting older and looking at my parents, my mother especially, and thinking, oh dear God, I don't want to be like her. Sure, I hear oh. you. I hear you. We 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 want to break the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. We definitely want to break the cycle, and uh, yeah, I was listening to your podcast. Um, about the situation with your, you know, with your parents, right? Uh, and definitely have some thoughts 
oh God, mm. <laughs> maybe may, may bring some, you know, shed some light into why they reacted the way they did. Actually, to me, it makes, makes a lot of sense. Does it? That, oh, that they, oh, yeah. God. It makes a lot of sense that they reacted the way they did. And um, so, yeah, definitely, um, definitely want to, I can share that with you. And, um, you know, and help you understand a little bit more why they reacted the way they did. Yeah, well, let's do that the next time because, sure. oh, my goodness, that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. tough. Yeah. It's, 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 not a, it's not an easy transition for everybody involved. You know, it's, it's a very difficult science because the roles shifted. You know, I mean, you go from parent-child, right, mm-hmm. relationship to now the child having to take care of that parent. Yeah, they so, didn't like and, that. So the dynamics change, and oh, oh yeah, and I, I'll definitely explain to you why they didn't, why they, they why that didn't go so smooth, and why they didn't like it. Um, oh it, was a, it, was a, it was a very natural reaction for them to react that way. Well, mm-hmm. somebody should have warned me. <laughs> good, <laughs> yeah. good grief! Right. That was uh, yeah. that was three I, years ago, and I'm going to take this stuff to my coffin. Honest to God, it was just sure. that horrible. Is I've done I've done like that's where the family counseling done is um, I've done a lot of family counseling work with the elderly and and uh, families uh, children like yourself help them understand right mm-hmm. what the parents are going through uh, in this stage of their life and how to transition that but it's that is very challenging definitely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I think I think we handled it poorly but mm-hmm. we really didn't have a whole lot of um, choice at the at the time. My my non-smoking mother had lung cancer, and um, there was no way that she would be able to rehab in that giant house of hers. And my father mm-hmm. was blind at the time and very mm-hmm. frail. And it's like, oh. okay, you're going in for a lobectomy. You're not coming back to this house. That's just right. the yeah. way it is. It's, no, there's there's a there's a difference between you did what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean that's obviously to keep them safe, right? Um, well, yeah. But so that's 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 no question, right? You do what you do what you need to do to keep them safe, um, but that doesn't mean that you know their process. They were I can tell they were going through a lot at a personal level, transitioning mm-hmm. their life from the from what I got from your podcast. They seem very independent people. Oh gosh, you know, yeah. very well educated. So imagine. Having to give that up, I mean, he, honestly, he had nothing to, before. Without going too much into detail, right? Because we want to say that for the next session. Right. But just imagine you have, and you also, uh, you're very independent, right? Absolutely. You take care of yourself. So imagine having to give that up. Mm-hmm. Imagine going to a place where you have to come to terms that you're not, you cannot be that independent anymore. It's not an easy thing to accept. No, and 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 through this whole process, I kept saying to my brothers, I'm like, God, you know, just imagine not mm-hmm. being able to drive and someone's right. taking right. away your car and no, right. you can't go to the grocery store on your own uh-huh. and you can't have right. your own money mm-hmm. and you can't yeah. hear or you can't right. see. Right. I mean, right. no wonder they're mad. Yeah, they're, well, they're, they were grieving. That's yeah. what it is. They're, they're, they were grieving. And, and and then we can talk about that. You know, we oh talk gosh. about what we, we talk about the grieving process, and uh, you know, and what is that like for people? And you know, people say, oh, everybody grieves differently. Uh, yes and no. 
um, there's different phases to grieving, and but unfortunately, not everybody goes through the, the process in the same order, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's where it gets complicated, mm-hmm. because even though everybody's grieving the same situation, because you were you guys as children were also grieving, you were right. grieving that your parents were not the same people that were you growing up. Yes. You know, yes. You, and you had you had to accept that also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This you know that these people that you looked up to, these people that were you know independent and strong. Now they were not the people, right? And you had to, and you had to come to terms with that. You know, so yeah, in a hurry. So that, yeah, so that's 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 grieving, and so everybody was grieving in their own way, and because maybe you guys were not aware that you were grieving, um, you know, that's where it got confused for everybody. Well. We didn't know at the time because, you right. know, we were screaming. So, well, I was. <laughs> right, exactly. My exactly. brothers are a little more calm than I am. I'm the crazy mm-hmm. one of the fam. Not crazy, like right. unstable, but like really mm-hmm. emotional and loud and very Italian. Sure. And Sure. I hear you. Oh. I hear you. That. So, so, yeah, so I definitely want to I wanna, um, give you more insight on that and break it down for you and perhaps help you understand what, what was happening there. And um, and why your parents reacted the way they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I need, I need yeah. some help with that. That's for sure. Definitely. So, yeah. So, um, again, going back to that, you know, part of a lot of what I do is, you know, educating people. You know, what is it, what is mental health really about? You know, that you don't, that you don't have to have a mental illness per se. You know, I, I, I try to, in my private practice, I try to get away from diagnosing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you work with uh with contracts with counties and government, you have to diagnose. That's just part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, in private practice, obviously, if I have to, I, I will. But I try to stay away from putting a label on people because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, human nature they they tend to live up to that label. Oh. Uh, uh, so I, I rather treat the person. I always tell people like, you know, you have a condition, but that doesn't define you. You know, uh-huh. you, you're, you're still a person. Right. You know, you you suffer from bipolar disorder. You're not bipolar. You know, as you suffer from schizophrenia, you're not. You know, it's like, but it's so natural to say, "Oh, you're schizophrenic." Mm. And, and and people live up to that label. They're like, oh, oh. That's who I am. you know what? That makes mm-hmm. total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can have a full life. You know, it's not a death sentence. Um, you know, but. Oh. Some people struggle with that. Wow. That makes yeah. so much sense to me, Oswald. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a death sentence. But so, and, and not only with adults, I work with a lot of children. I'm huge on that. When I'm working with children, oh, I'm, I'm big on not putting a label on them. Because mm-hmm. I've seen how, especially when they're a young age, they're developing their self-esteem, their image. There's nothing sadder. Than, than a child who identifies, you know, I'm the ADHD kid. Oh. And uh, bipolar is, is just, man, it, it ruins them. You know, it's like, wow. no, you're not. You know, I had kids who show up and right away, you know, tell me, oh, I have Tourette's, by the way. As if I'm supposed to go like, oh, poor thing. And I'm like, awesome, you have a superpower. Great. What are we <laughs> going to do with it? And they look at me like, what? Oh, I Ooh. love it. You know, I flipped on him because I could tell he was already getting used to, you know, people feeling sorry or let's go easy on him or whatnot. And that's, that's no, that's not what he needed. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he needed somebody to say, okay, so you have a condition. We're going to learn to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a full life. You know, and so, yeah. Wow, you you give people hope. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's interesting because early on I learned that we're in the business of selling hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. And then obviously, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm realistic. I don't like to, you know, lie to people or create a, a reality that is going to set them up to fail, mm-hmm. obviously, right? But no, it's, uh, you know, it's hope is, is, is something that we need because sometimes that's the only thing that carries us through. Right. Knowing that it will get better. And, and we use that in those moments where there's nothing left to hang on to. You know, you hang on to that hope and it, and it carries you through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at. So I educate people about what, you know, what is about mental health and why we need to, um, you know, talk to somebody sometimes and, and, you know, what makes me an expert and the fact that I have the education and not only that, that I work with people already for such, such a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, it's not, you don't have to go through something to be an expert. But, um, you know, I don't have experience, you know, having depression or schizophrenia per se. Mm-hmm. But I have experience helping people get through it. Right. You know, and so, because that's, that's one thing also people always ask, well, how can you relate? You've never been through it. And I said, like, you're right. Um, I've never been through that, but I helped a lot of people with it. Mm-hmm. I have experience on that. Right. right. So, so if that's how you, is that where you need me? I can I can definitely help you too. You know, and and people just need to continue to educate themselves, be open, you know, be open to the idea, so we you know, so we can remove the stigma, mm-hmm. that taboo that is there's nothing wrong with having to go and talk to somebody, you know, to at least give us a different perspective. Oh my gosh, it's so important. It's yeah. so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so think a right. lot of us would, I mean, a lot of people in this world would have a lot fewer issues if they would just yeah. talk about it. Sure. It's, it's so, it's, it's that release, having to, you know, um, to just talking to somebody, you, you have such a release. You, you're able to release all this energy that you've been holding inside. Mm-hmm. That is bringing you up, and, and and again, I sign up for this. Go ahead and dump it on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can, hand, I can handle it. You know, I I I know what to do with it. Uh huh. Go ahead, dump it, dump it on me, and I'll 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 know where to store it. I uh, I you know I know how to, where to put it away. You don't have to carry it with you the rest of your right. life. Right. So. Wow. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. What was I lucky to find you? Holy <laughs> <Yeah>. moly. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, oh my gosh, I wanted to chat about your horse and everything else too, but yeah. I don't think we have time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, oh, you definitely hear about my horse, and we we uh, the center where we um, we do amazing work with kids and with physical disabilities and also mental, uh-huh. um, you know, um, issues and and yeah, it has been amazing. Uh, the place has been around for over forty years. Wow. Um, I joined them about five, five years ago. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing what he does. And it creates also an opportunity for people who are already um, 
burnout of going to an office. Mm-hmm. Like people, they don't, you know, even people who've been in therapy for a long time, they just don't, it doesn't feel natural for them to just go sit on a couch in right. a room. So with this approach, it's, it's outdoors. You know, mm-hmm. it's dealing with another living thing, the horses, mm-hmm. and just interacting, and it, it makes them feel, you know, uh, human again. A lot yeah. of them, uh, we, we deal with a lot of pe- people who are wheelchair bound. And, you know, it's amazing when they get in the back of the horse and they're like, wow, I never sat this high before. Mm-hmm. You know, I never had this feeling. It's, it's, it changes their life. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'll tell you more about that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been great. I, you know, I've been able to implement my, you know, what I learned, you know, in different ways. And for me, uh, my culture also that's a, that's another another layer because being Hispanic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I deal with that culture, the Hispanic culture a lot, and that's a whole other set of issues, mm. you know, because of just, just you know, culturally you don't do this, you you don't go talk to people, oh, you know, you don't go see this uh, place, or you know, you don't even mention it. Oh dear. So, so I had to learn how to bring that up with them and. And once they see, once they open the door, I get phone calls from everybody else. Oh, you know my, you know my friend, my friend told me about you, and I talked to you, and because now like, okay, so it's okay to talk about our problems, definitely. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know, so so that's been also an eye opener for me. Oh my gosh! Well, you're obviously doing beautiful work. Thank you. It's just amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much. Oh my gosh! Well, any, any, any and we questions? could go on and on and on. <laughs> oh, we can. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, you, oh, okay. So um, I was I was reading your your questions, right? And so, what determined my career? Yes. Uh, it's quite interesting. Um, growing up, I wanted to be a veterinarian. That's, that's all I wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to school for that. I started going to school. I went to pre vet. I got into the program, but two years into it, I realized, okay, this is not for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, this wasn't. And so I switched to business. Oh. And, um, so, and then, but even through that, psychology had always, always been my interest. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was young, early 20s, and I took a couple of psychology classes. And unfortunately, the professor that I had, you know, when I asked him, like, hey, so how does this work? You know, and he's like, oh, there's no money in this. You know, you're going to have a hard time making a living. And being young, I was very mature. I was driven by money. So to me, it's like, okay, there's no money in this. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so I stuck with business. So I have a business degree. But then as I got older, my, um, late 20s, early 30s, I realized that, I, you know, even though I was making all kinds of money, I felt empty. Mm-hmm. You know, I started going, I went to that phase like, okay, what's my purpose? Right, uh, money is great, but there has to be something more. Uh, so then I, I think, figure like, okay, how can you help people, right? Uh, and I wanted, I went to be a police officer. Oh my gosh! So, so I was like, okay, well, you know, police officers help people, so mm-hmm. let's go that route. So for two years, I went to different agencies, and I just the timing wasn't there because that's when the economy crashed, so nobody was hiring. Oh. Nobody was hiring, so I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> I said, okay, well, I need to find work. Um, so that's when I, at that point, like, you know what, psychology was always on my mind. You know, let's, let's, so I did some research and I found out this 
field, uh, marriage and family therapy. And I didn't even know it was a thing. I, I just thought you had to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. That's, mm-hmm. That's what so, I thought. Yeah. So, but then I find out that you could be also a social worker or you could be a, a marriage and family therapist. And I was like, great. I think that's, you know, that, that's the one for me. And um, so I went into the program, I applied, and the funny thing is that they looked at my resume, my transcript, like, okay, you never taken a psychology class one years ago. You know, what makes you think that you're going to make it in this master's program? Mm. And that's, that's where my business degree came in, and I had to sell him on the idea. Like, <laughs> look, look I don't know, this is what I want to be. This is for me. Um, just give me a chance. And they're like, okay, well, your money, we're going to put you on probation for a year. If you can cut it, you know, then you stay. Wow. I said, all right, cool. So, yeah, I once I started taking classes, it was, I was home. Yeah. I was like, this is where I need to be. So, I, you know, obviously, I went through probation period fine. And, um, and, I, and the thing about it was after a year of schooling, um, one of the police agencies called me back. Uh-huh. And saying, oh, guess what? We have a spot. You want it? Nope. And <laughs> so I had to make a decision at that point. Like, you know what? God working his own way. Right. God wanted me to go this way, so I just kept going. And, well, I'm uh, glad he. I'm glad you did. <laughs> thank you. And I, I, in my heart, I know I made the right choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so yeah. So then I started. I continue, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, ten, over ten years now. Golly. So that's how I ended up <laughs> ended up in this field. Oh well, yeah. you know that's it, that's not too convoluted. I mean, from yeah. veterinary to you know business right. is kind of a side angle, and then you get right. back to caring for things. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, and I always knew. Well, I never thought I wanted to be a teacher or professor. My father is a is a teacher, and I thought he was crazy because of the amount of work that he did that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, how can you do that? And then I was given the opportunity just to teach a small class in one of the agencies where I was, and I fell in love with it. I was like, wow, okay, this is awesome. So then uh, an old supervisor, she became the the dean at a university, a big university here in California. And she said to me, okay, get your stuff ready. You know, I'll, I'll, call, you, I'll call you in a year. And at first, I'm like, okay, that's what people say when they leave, you know? It's like, okay, yeah. I'll keep in touch, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, bye-bye, take care. Right, right, right. But no, a year later, she she tapped my shoulder, and oh. she was like, okay, get your stuff ready. You know, I want you here teaching. I was like, wow. So I went through the interview process, and I've been teaching for, this is my fifth year, fourth, fifth year. Wow. And, and I love it, Yeah. Mhm. Well, yeah. it's obvious that you enjoy what you do. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. It's it's challenging sometimes, you know. I one thing I tell people, you do not do this for the money. Mhm. Not a amount of money is enough. I mean, we make good money. That's a, that's the truth. There's no no hiding it. Mhm. Uh, but you do not do it for the money. Mm-hmm. You know, um yeah. Definitely. And so this is where my heart is and I I really really look forward to it every day. Look, think about all my clients, you know, um, all the time and how I can help them and be able to share a little bit that I know with them. So it's, not, it's nice. It feels, it feels good. Well, I'm glad. 
Thank you. I'm so glad I found you. I thank can't you, remember. You. I can't remember how. I mean, it was, it was equestrian something on Facebook. Right. I think we made. A, we made a. I think we were in a group. Were you, were you one of the challenges that we did? Were you the farm, the Northwood Farms? Oh yeah, that there was it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Probably we met through there, and then wow. we just became friends on Facebook, and yeah. Oh my gosh! Isn't that something? Isn't right. that something? That's I, you know, I made, I made some good friends through there. I mean, I, that I still keep in touch—people that I never met in real life. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, amazing people that I, you know, that still keep in touch. Isn't technology I, 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 wonderful? Like you know what? Definitely. I, I have I have another I have a rant about technology, but when it works, it works. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's great when it works. Yes. When it doesn't, it's maddening. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, no, when it works, it works great. Right. All right, my yeah. friend. Well, I'm going to let you go. Okay. Perfect. And then um, we'll we'll actually probably schedule our next one in a, in a few weeks, whatever your, you know, yeah, whatever you're... I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, maybe I'll see my schedule, maybe during in the middle of the week. Because um, I'm usually done depending if I have an early day. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, let, I'll let you know. And uh, and then we'll you know we can do the talk um, like I said because I I have I have some things definitely that I want to share and you you know about that that specific topic right about that so yeah let's let's make it happen in the next week or so sounds good All thank right, you Teresa. so much Oz I oh, just my oh my gosh my heart is full oh thank you thank you thank you all right honey we'll talk right. to you soon yes take care bye bye. You've been listening to I'm Not That Old Lady. And thank you for giving me a moment of your time. I really appreciate it. This is going to be an important subject to explore, I think, because a lot of us are going to be dealing with this or have dealt with it. And it needs to be discussed. We need to make plans or at least commiserate and kind of look at it, see what's going to happen. So... I'm going to ask a a few of my friends about their opinions on this and um, stick with us. I do appreciate your time and uh, your emails. I'm not that old lady at yahoo.com. And thanks for subscribing. And please rate and review. Give me five stars. And tell somebody about the podcast. It might be important for them to hear about this too. Take care.